0: Let's fucking go, man. Let's fucking go. Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier Podcast. It's your boy, Mac. Tonight, we got to see our Cleveland Cavaliers take on the defending champion, Denver Nuggets, in a matchup that was sure to be a tough one from the onset due to the fact that Cleveland would not only be without Donovan Mitchell, Isaac Okoro, and Ty Jerome, but they would also be without the services of six men of the year, contending wing, Karis Levert, as well. However... We were going to be playing on our home court. We got a good level of talent still available to us in the likes of Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, Max Struess, and motherfucking Craig Porter Jr. Let's go. Let me just get that right off the bat, man. I'm going crazy tonight. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for dropping so many F-bombs, but uh, it's got to be done. Somebody has to do it. <laughs> Somebody has to do it because this was a, this was a hell of a win, man. Uh, it's one thing to to play well against you know the Detroits of the world. It's one thing to have games like you have against some of these lower-tiered opponents out here. But, uh, man, this was a good one. This felt good. Uh, although, you know, Denver, they were without Jamal Murray, but they just made life so fucking hard on Nikola Jokic tonight to the point where they got him with five fouls and a flagrant in midway through the third quarter, which all but essentially just basically stripped them away of all chances of coming back, especially without Murray out there. And, you know, I could go up and down this lineup tonight, and I will. Don't worry. I could go up and down the lineup and just, you know, gush about the performances that we saw tonight, whether it be Darius Garland looking like that elite all-star point guard uh, out there again, Max Struess again, filling out the damn uh, box score stat sheet, Evan Mobley having yet another wonderful game in which he's doing a little bit of everything. Jared Allen, as I said, making life fucking difficult on Nikola Jokic. Just absolutely phenomenal. And Dean Wade. Dean Wade actually scored tonight. Oh my God. Dean Wade scored. Uh, Six points, 10 rebounds, two assists from Dean to go along with two steals. He was a plus 25 on the night in in his 24 minutes of action. But I can't uh, – I honestly cannot call myself a podcaster if I didn't just immediately start tonight's episode off talking about Craig Porter Jr. Oh, my gosh. Man, I know we're not supposed to overreact to every single performance we see, and I often tell people that. But I don't give a fuck. Tonight, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Craig Porter Jr. looked about as polished uh, you know, a product as I've ever seen any not, – not even just undra- undrafted or second-round pick – He looked as polished as any rookie I have ever seen, uh, you know, play. And and, and for him, honestly, there has to be a real conversation. You have to have a real conversation. And I hope they do this internally, right? There's an open roster spot. He's on a two-way contract. From what I've seen from this young man, you cannot keep him on that bench. (laughs) You cannot keep him on that bench. I have to see this motherfucker play consistent minutes. I don't know if I'm the only person that feels that way. I certainly hope I'm not. Tom K says down here three words. Craig Porter Jr., he also says, if CBJ could take and make threes. That's the only thing that we have yet to see from Craig because there were some possessions tonight where they gave him space, and they're going to continue to do this. Defenses will continue to sag off of him until he looks even remotely comfortable taking that shot, which he doesn't. But the crazy thing is the shit just doesn't even matter because his drives to the basket are so damn powerful. He's so decisive with his passing. He's really, really impressed me with his maturity. And obviously, you know, the the time spent at the collegiate level with both the Juco and Wichita State. Very, very uh did him very well. Right. Obviously, he looks like one of the most polished prospects that we have ever seen walk through uh, the gates of Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. But honestly, as Noah Heritage says on here, I don't even care about the threes. Honestly, he will just be electric off the bench for us. So from time to time, let's just admit this right from time to time. There are certain players who do not have certain aspects of the game that you think would be crippling, right? Especially in such a pace and space area that the NBA is playing in right now where the three ball is king, right? Some guys, it just doesn't matter because they're able to get it done in multiple uh, multiple ways. Craig Porter Jr. is about as devastating a driver of the basketball that I have seen uh, for a man his size out there. He's decisive, he's powerful, he's athletic, and he knows exactly what he's going to do. And he's going to attack your ass out there. That's exactly what he did tonight in his 25 minutes of play. In those 25 minutes, if you did not watch the game in its entirety, Craig Porter Jr. totaled 21 points, four rebounds, four assists. He was 7-10 to from the field, 7-7 from the free throw line, which that's been a big knock on him, right? (laughs) <laughs> That's been a big knock on people saying, hey, even when I was on with Carter the other day uh, for the uh, for, for the chase down, those late game free throws, they were really, really bothering him. And he knocked out all seven tonight. I love to see that um, obviously brings the, the, the really intense defense to the table with the block and the steal. But honestly, guys, this goes beyond the counting stats, right? He plays with such a poise, such a calmness, such a just a tough-minded and aggressive demeanor out there on both ends of the floor. And you know what? You're not going to hear him. He's just going to go out there. He's going to do his damn job, and he's going to do it well. That's exactly what he did. (laughs) Uh, NSPR8 says down here, told y'all CPJ9, yeah, yeah, league this, man. Get him on a standardized contract. If the Cavs... Don't sign him immediately after this game. I don't know what the fuck Kobe Altman is doing. I don't know what JB's doing if he doesn't play him after this. Because as K-Dude says down here, you would never know that he's a rookie. And K-Dude, you're absolutely 1,000% correct on that. Watching this dude play out there in the time, in the short time that we've seen him, right? Because it's one thing to do it in the summer league. It's one thing to do it in preseason. But to do it against the defending champion Denver Nuggets. We're on a whole nother level here. Play this man. Play this man as much as you can off that Cavalier bench. And look, you know, let's call a spade a spade here, right? He is definitely benefiting from the absences of Karis LeVert, of Donovan Mitchell, of Isaac Okoro, of Ty Jerome. But realistically, even once we return to full strength, you can realistically carve him a role. You can have him, certainly, you can have him – As your backup point guard. I said it. There I said it. He can be your backup point guard of the future. I know I'm not alone in that thought. I really hope you guys are too. Um, You know, NSPR 8 says down here. Rookie of the year. Um, While I don't ultimately believe. That Craig will garner any serious. uh, (laughs) uh, Any serious consideration for that award. I do 100% believe. That Craig Porter Jr. Will finish as a. A. an all-rookie first-teamer, if given the minutes. That's the caveat, right? And I know with J.B. Bickerstaff, Bickerstaff, the history has been that he does not necessarily trust rookies coming out of the gate. They usually have to prove themselves first. Craig Porter Jr. has already proved himself. He's yeah. already proved himself. Uh, Taylor says down here, not to be that guy after one game, but the offense looked way better without our two biggest ball stoppers on the floor. I'm assuming you're meeting Karis LeVert and Dondon Mitchell, right? <laughs> Um, so here's the thing for me, like I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to be realistic in about this. I'm also trying to take everything that I see with a grain of salt. Right. But as Taylor also st- says down here, looks like 2021. I'm glad I'm not the only person that felt that way because there was the immaculate vibes that were all over the place in 2021. They were there tonight. The big to big lobs, the fucking lobs at the rim. Oh my God. Jared Allen and Evan Mobley looked like they did when the All-Star game was in Cleveland, right? (laughs) It really felt good to watch them playing confidently like that. Hello, Morgan Peter Brown. Nice to see you down there. It helps that CPJ and DG have similar styles too. That penetrating dribble always heads up. So here's the thing, Morgan, that I, like, coming into the season – You couldn't tell me that CPJ and Darius Garland would look so functionally well in lineups together. I thought, you know, these guys are undersized, right? Although Craig obviously does not play undersized, you know, leading in numerous categories at Wichita State that he had no business leading in in regards to blocks and whatnot. Um, And then again, showing that hyper-athleticism in summer league action, you couldn't tell me that those two would look as – as well as they had playing off of one another in a starting unit, really in just a lineup in a rotation together. But here we are, and Uh, you know, late 2023, and Craig Porter Jr., a rookie Craig Porter Jr. at that is looking like a veteran out there, as uh Doblin says CBJ plays like a veteran. Absolutely correct. And I believe that has a lot to do with the seasoning and the maturity, you know, that he had to go through at the collegiate level. But again, man, this, this just goes so far beyond the bot score stat sheet. Uh Craig really just the dude just did a little bit of everything out there tonight. And I I cannot fathom that JB Bickerstaff will uh <laughs> will, will have this guy on the bench. Not after this. Not after tonight. Not after the way he's played in back-to-back games. Uh in Sports one says down here, where are the Sharif fans that still think we need to sign him? Well, I'm not one. I honestly do not know for, uh, you know, eligibility sake. Like, let's say the Cavaliers do decide to convert um, Craig Porter Jr.'s contract into a standard NBA deal. I don't know what Sharif Cooper's eligibility is on two-way deals. I think there is an eligibility on that that it eventually runs out. I could be mistaken. I'm not that guy. I really don't know contracts like that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Sharif – he, he kind of falls into that category of probably too good for the G League, but not quite good enough for the NBA. That's where I've kind of always stood with Sharif Cooper. But his game is just so far and away different than Craig Porter Jr.'s, right? Uh, Craig, without the presence of a – three-point shot or a perimeter shot you know he has still been able to provide an impact offense uh, you know the offense in different ways whether it be his facilitation because some of the passes that he's made I'm like man like a rookie should not have this level of vision and I get it vision is kind of something that's inherent you either have it or you don't you can work on your accuracy in regards to passes but his ability to facilitate out there just looks phenomenal. It does not look like a rookie out there. He indeed does look like a veteran. And I know I've kind of harped on Craig a lot already tonight, but I don't give a fuck. Like this dude, by far, I don't, you know, there's a couple guys out here that I'm going to single out, obviously, who had wonderful games in their own right. But just to be able to do what this young man has been able to do in such a short period of time against such a a really, really tough opponent. And I believe Denver came into tonight with the NBA's sixth-ranked defense. Wonderful performance, man. I am blown away. I am blown away. If J.B. Bickerstaff, and this is this is coming from a guy who routinely supports uh, uh, J.B. Bickerstaff from the bottom of their heart. If J.B. Bickerstaff puts this dude on the bench after tonight's game, I'm going to lose my shit. I'm, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. And you guys will never hear the end of it because JB, you know, we know how he can be. He can be a little stubborn in regards to his, uh, in regards to his rotations. But there is absolutely, after tonight, you sit this guy and we got to have a real talk about your decision making. I'll go ahead and say it in regards to the lineup. CBJ needs to be out there. Uh, Jay Dias, sorry dude if I mispronounced that, D.S. Dias, Um, CBJ can only play till a certain amount of games. They'll need to sign him to a regular contract. Yes, the two-way, and as I've said a lot of times about uh, Amani Bates in particular as well, right, what the Cavs are probably going to do, if it doesn't happen tonight, if it don't happen tonight, after tonight's performance, they're likely to still continue to maximize the potential of that two-way deal, right, especially as guys return to the lineup. When you have Donovan Mitchell, who obviously is going to come back, Uh, You have Karis LeVert, who is a sixth man of the year leading uh, contender out there. You have Isaac Okoro, who undoubtedly will still see his fair share of minutes once he returns to full strength. Um, The only guy that I'm just saying, you know, Craig Porter Jr. uh, has absolutely leapfrogged is Ty Jerome, right? Ty Jerome, even when he returns to full strength, sorry, buddy, you're on the bench. Uh, Ricky Rubio, he's a distant afterthought at this point if he even returns to NBA. So, really, the problem with Craig, as I said in last uh the last podcast, was that he's fighting an uphill battle in regards to the people that he's in front of by virtue of the position that he plays right? You have so many guards, so many high caliber guards at that on your on your roster. Let's just start from the top here. You have an all-star backcourt duo of Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. You know, Max Struess is going to receive his fair share of minutes at the two guard. You know, Karis LeVert is so versatile that he can play virtually one through three, sometimes at the four, whenever, depending upon the lineups, if the Cavs want to go super small, right? So you have those guys. Then you start have to factoring in Isaac Okoro, who, again, he's going to get his fair share of run at the two guard and at three, right? So you can kind of shuffle those lineups and rotations how you want. But those are the guys that he's, going, he's really fighting an uphill battle against. And so until JB can kind of figure out how exactly he wants to go about that, right, what they're probably going to elect to do is to have him back and forth. And if I'm not mistaken, we still haven't seen Craig play a minute. And I could be wrong. I don't think we've seen him play a minute at the G League level just yet. That speaks volumes about him. Uh, Morgan Peter Brown says down here, Kobe can trade Ty. I'm sure plenty of teams need a backup point guard. Yeah, and here's the thing, Morgan. Like We barely got to see Ty Jerome, and I have nothing against him, right? It's just you simply have not been available. And so as often as we see, especially in football, right? This happens all the time in football. Um, A guy gets injured next man up mentality, right? And then that guy kind of steps up and either plays better than him, the guy that he's replacing or he's just as serviceable and cheaper. That's where we are. That's where we are. And I know this is a very small sample size, but yeah, they're probably not going to trade him. <laughs> you, you need depth. Depth is important, especially for this Cavaliers team that's been so fucking injury brittle to start the season. I don't know. that Did somebody like uh, piss somebody off and get a curse on the Cavs team. I I don't know. Like, cause this is some uncanny shit that we're dealing with here. I, I cannot, this is even worse than some of the COVID year stuff with the injuries, right? With Colin Sexton, Ricky Rubio, Jared Allen, at certain points, Evan Mobley, all those guys missing time at various points during that season. But this is to start the goddamn year off. This is uncanny. So you need depth. It's important. Um, Obviously, Craig wasn't the only guy to go out there and shine, right? Uh, Darius Garland, let's talk about him a little bit, right? 26 points, three rebounds, six assists, a very efficient 10 of 16 from the floor, still just four triples, right? Uh, He he did hit at least half of those. The one big knock, and I think Carter Rodriguez has constantly pointed this out about the per 36 numbers in regards to his three-point attempts. They're really down, right, since he's returned. Uh, But it doesn't fucking matter. Just like with Craig Porter Jr., as long as you're able to attack inside, you're able to use that floater to your advantage. DG is excellent at that. Uh, You're able to just pick your spots, right? And that's exactly what DG has been able to do. And I've been beyond impressed with him in his last four games. I put the stat line up a couple of days ago in regards to what he's been able to do since his return, um, the turnovers are still high, right? He, he did turn the ball over four times tonight, but I I attribute that to having to have the ball in your hands at such a high amount, right? You, you the, the utilization rate for him is probably going to be pretty high tonight. But, you know, considering that Max Struce also turned it over three times, Evan Bobley turned it over twice, Jared Allen turned it over twice. Ironically, Craig Porter Jr. turned it over less. <laughs> Uh, You know, and that just speaks to how controlled he is with the ball. But again, Darius Garland had a wonderful game in his own right, and he draws the bulk of the defense's attention, right? So, very, very impressed with the way he was able he was able to play. And here's the thing: like, I'll address it. Let's call spade a spade here. A lot of people are so quick to point out how Darius Garland looks without Donovan Mitchell out there because they think that he's either a ball stopper or a ball hog rather. And then I've also seen it be called the other way, right? I've seen people say, hey, the Cavs actually operate a little bit more functionally well in regards to ball movement, facilitation, just overall spacing, stuff like that, when Darius is not out there and Donovan is the you know Donovan is in charge of the offense. I've seen that happen or at least spectated on or commented on in both scenarios. Is there truth to that? I ask you guys because I really want to know your opinions. At this point in time, I believe we have too small of a sample size. If you want to say, hey, pre-Donovan Mitchell era, Darius Garland was a all-star caliber guard who, you know, just looks like he could be, I think, uh, one of the guys that I've been following or has been following me for a while, Jared, points it out all the time. You know, Darius is able to to function as the point god that we know he can be uh, without Donovan Mitchell on the floor. And there might be some truth to that, right? Because you don't have to worry about making this fit. You don't have to worry about Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland taking turns uh, running the offense at times. Those are problems that are going to inherently be there when you're talking about two all-star caliber guards who need to have the ball in their hands to be most effective. That's not to say Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell don't play well off one another or they don't or they can't play off ball. Right, Because we know Donovan Mitchell has actually been a very good catch-and-shoot player this season. He's averaging a career high in that regard this year. Then we know that Darius Garland can be a very good shooter. Gardner <laughs> Rodriguez, what's up, man? Um, we know that both of them can be very good players off-ball. So I am going to leave that to you guys. That's not for me to say because I don't believe that at this point in time. I feel like the sample size is too damn Small. It's too damn small to say that. Just enjoy the victory, right? Because a lot of people, what ends up happening a lot of the times when we have these big wins, Sands, one of our stars, is people will run to the first device they have in front of them, whether it's their cell phone, laptop, iPad, whatever device you're using to uh, to get on social media, and they'll immediately shout from the rooftops. The Cavs look better without so-and-so. Greg <laughs> Porter Jr., Carter Rodriguez, man, what in the actual fuck, man? Craig Porter Jr., move over, right, Amani Bates. Craig Porter Jr. is the new guy in town. Uh, no, I'm just kidding when I say that. But, man, this the production that you're getting out of this undrafted talent, just got to give props to Kobe, Altman and company, right? And uh, ditto for J.B. Bickerstaff for allowing – it's such a long leash for Craig out there, right? And it's not like Craig is making him regret that. He's been productive in every game and every situation, and he's actually been given serious minutes. And tonight, he looks so damn poised, so damn confident. He attacked inside. He was aggressive. He brought some heart-nosed defense. The shit was just unbelievable, man. I'm I'm astounded. Like When I'm watching this, dude, I don't feel like I'm watching a rookie. I really do not. I I don't feel like I'm watching an undrafted rookie at that. This dude is just making basketball look easy out there. He's making it look simple on both ends of the floor. And we know coming into a JB Bickerstaff coach team on that defensive side of the ball, we already knew that was going to be something that, man, you're probably going to get some of the best production from a, a guard defender out there, Craig Porter Jr. But holy moly. Uh, Carter says down here that's because he's like 47 years old, but you know, he is he's coming in as an older rookie, right? He's still older than Isaac Okoro. He's older. I think he's older than Darius Garland. He's older than Evan Mobley. There's a long list of guys that he's older than, obviously. Uh, but he's the level of maturity that he's exhibited. He just looks like a veteran out there. I know I've kind of talked ad nauseum about Craig already tonight, but man, I just I cannot help but feel good for the future here. I really can't man. Like you you got Amani, you got Craig, you still got Isaiah down there in the G league. Right. Um, And then you have some of these other pieces here that are still very, very young in their own right. Evan Mobley, who continues to take bullets and strays. I don't get it. He's looked phenomenal. Uh, You know, he, he may not have progressed offensively the way that some people have wanted him to, but how can you argue against a guy who's routinely giving you a double double? I think tonight was his sixth, Double-double out of his last eight games. He finished the night with 16 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, and an ultra-efficient, and this is becoming a recurring theme for Evan Mobley, right? 8 of 11 from the field tonight. Very, very efficient basketball. He's not necessarily somebody who's going to take bad shots ever. He's going to go within the confines of the offense. He's going to to run that pick-and-roll. We know the chemistry that he's developed. Let's talk about this a little bit. The chemistry that... Um, Evan Mobley has developed with Max Struz, most notably on DHOs, right? You have seen so many DHOs from those two, the chemistry. And it obviously you can tell like Max being in that Miami. And you guys hear me say this all the time. I've probably said it about 10 different times over the last several pods, but. Playing alongside Bam Adebayo in that Miami Heat offense, you can just tell like Max Struess has it down to a T. Like the the movements he's got Evan, Moble- Evan Mobley's movements down to a T. That's because he's very Bam Adebayo like right out there, especially on the uh, on the defensive side of the ball. But on offense, those two, the chemistry that they've developed, especially with some of those DHOs, awesome. There was one tonight where he, uh, uh, I think Evan Mobley had. And uh, stopped on the DHL, tossed it right out to him for a pretty gnarly triple out there. It was just nice. It was really cool to see. And there was one uh, where Mobley stopped in the mid-range area and pulled up. As we all know, Evan Mobley, that's one of the things that we all kind of clamored for him. Not just a three-point shot, but a consistent and deadly mid-range pull-up jumper. Something that we consistently want to see out of him, and he was able to do that tonight on more than a few occasions. Uh, Noah Heritage says down here the Struce Mobley combo is one I definitely didn't see coming going into the season, but it's so good. Um, Tony Pesta, if you guys, you know, if you follow him, if you've checked out his YouTube channel, he did a very good job highlighting kind of the uh, the structure. You know, that 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 is in place there in Miami and kind of the the groundwork that was laid for those two to kind of establish this type of connection. And it was basically based off the fact that Bam Adebayo is very similar uh, in regards to the way that he operates to Evan Mobley. So if you guys haven't checked that out, make sure you go over to Tony Pesta's YouTube channel and check the check out the video that he did on Max Struess. Very good stuff. Very good stuff. But, yes, the two-man game that they've been able to operate with one another, it's been on display since game one, right? Uh, Morgan Peter Brown says down here, Max is a highly skilled guy with endless energy. Love his style so much. Dan Marley-esque. Yes. I love that. I love that. Uh, Carter Rodriguez, again, 43% of struce assists have been to Mobley going into tonight. That is a beautiful stat, my friends. Thank you, Carter, for that. Uh, yeah, I think they said in um, in the game against Detroit that all of Mobley's assists went to Strews, and it's usually off of a DHO, right, or he's finding them off of a cut. I love it, man. Strews is always on the move. I didn't necessarily see all this shit coming in. you know. I didn't think this was all part of the Strews package. I just did it um you know Struess on the night from a box score standpoint as carter pointed this out uh the other day dude is just constantly filling up the stat sheet tonight 11 points six boards five assists uh three of seven from the field two of six from three point range had a block plus 14 on the night just constantly filling up the stat sheet he's on pace to average career highs across the board um I don't think he'll be up there for like most improved player or anything, but God damn, he's just been a revelation for this offense. It really, not even just the offense. He's, he's been a revelation for this in te- for this team, just in general on both ends of the floor, because he's been a very underrated defender as well. I didn't necessarily see that coming into this season, especially considering what the Cavs would likely, and I'm using air quotes here, uh, what they were to be giving up from a defensive standpoint, and not having Karstvedt out there at the three, or Isaac Coil, right, as your starter, um, you know, I just didn't see this. Did not see this coming from him at all. The 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 overall impact that Struess has had, it, it's almost indescribable. I honestly thought the spacing that he was going to be providing was going to be enough for me to feel content, right? Uh, even if we had to trade off some of that perimeter defense that Isaac Okoro and Karis Vert were providing last season for the spacing. Because we, all know, uh, we all know it's not just the amount of shots that you knock down, right? I've consistently tried to stress that to people. It's not the simple fact that, hey, this guy, uh, you know, player A can – It has consistently knocked down six or seven, uh, you know, has consistently attempted six or seven threes or anything like that or knocked down a very high percentage of them. It's a simple fact that they generate gravity, right? Does the defender have to keep an eye on you? Can they sag off of you? Do they feel confident in their abilities? If they leave you open, will you make them pay for it? Max Struess is doing that. And he's doing that at a very, very high level. And mind you, this is without like the full complement of our roster right now where teams can say, hey, Donovan Mitchell's not out there so I can key, on, key in on you a little bit more. Hey, Darius Garland's not out there so I can make sure I'm focusing on you, focusing a lot of the defense's attention on you. It doesn't matter. Whether Darius is out there, whether Donovan's out there, whether Karis is out there, anybody else you want to name. Max Struess is doing a wonderful job. He's, he's been a bargain, especially considering some of these deals that have been handed out. I just, for anybody, hey, let me just say this before I move on from this topic. If you felt that uh, that Jetty Osmond and Lamar Stevens, the price that we paid for him was too much, and then on top of that, you felt like the contract that we gave him was too much. How do you feel now? Because from what I have seen from him, combined with some of these deals that have been handed out, this is a fucking bargain. This is Jared Allen's $20 million a season all over again. This was wizardry from Kobe Altman and being able to get this done. So I, I feel, honestly, like, obviously, you know, it's a small sample size. That That's the lone caveat here, right? It's only been about uh, thir- 12, 13 games. Um, but... As of right now, this is a bargain. This is a bargain. Max Struess has been everything that we wanted and more. Tune in Sports 1 down here ask, how do you feel about Sam? So here's the thing that I was seeing so much tonight, right? Without Don Femenja, without Karis Rivera, without Isaac Okoro, no Ty Jerome, yada, yada, yada. We keep seeing that every fucking game, right? Might as well get used to it. Um One of the things that I was hoping for tonight was to see Amani Bates, you know, get a healthy dose of minutes. And while we did see Amani eventually at the end of the game, came in, played four minutes, I was really hoping to see Amani Bates play, I don't know, good 10 to 15 tonight considering shot creation was a little, was going to be a concern to me, right? You already were without Donovan Mitchell, your best shot creator. You're also going to be without Karis Avert, your best shot creator off the bench. So I was really hoping to see Amani, and so instead of that, who do we get? Right, we got Sam Merrill minutes. You played 24 out there, just a one minute shy of what CPJ got. How did Sam Merrill fare? Nine points, three of ten from the field. If you're watching the stat sheet, right, if you're out there and you're hoping that he's he's gonna light it up and be having an efficient night, tonight's night is probably not for you, right? Three of ten from the field, three of nine from three-point range, but Here's the thing about Merrill, right? He's a shooter. Shooters are gonna shoot. You have him out there solely for his ability to knock down the three balls, solely for mm-hmm. his ability to who, space the floor. How did I feel about Sam? I didn't love the minutes. I, I, I didn't love them, but I didn't hate them either, right? Um, Dr. Call77 says down here, Sam Merrill kind of feels like a backup struce on this roster. Uh, yeah, yeah. I uh I understand that sentiment. I do not disagree, right? Because as we've seen with Stru so far, right, he's not always going to have the most efficient night shooting the basketball, but guess what? He's a good shooter. Defenses have to respect him. He garners the attention of the defense. You have to have him out there, especially for a team just last year that was just struggling for this. Right. And when Sam Merrill was signed towards the latter half of the season, there was a lot of us out there that were clamoring, uh, clamoring for him to see some action. We didn't get that, right? But uh, this year, in the midst of all of these injuries, J.B.'s hand has been forced. And so I was kind of wondering, because prior to the Struce edition, I'm like, hey, maybe Sam Harrell finally has a chance to see some real action out there instead of just, you know, with the Cleveland Charge, where he actually shot the ball pretty well last year too. I was I was feeling really good about Sam's opportunities prior to that acquisition, but I knew that they would go down the shitter uh as soon as uh as soon as Struess was uh, acquired. But tonight, again, I didn't love the minutes, I didn't hate them either. Uh that's kind of I kind of feel in between in regards to that. Um uh, Carter says down here, thought Sam organized the offense well when Denver went to zone? Yes. And so some of the facilitation, some of the, it wasn't even just the facilitation, right? It was a, the the general command of the offense, being able to orchestrate the offense uh, when they, when they go into that zone. And again, Denver came into the night, if I'm not mistaken, ranked sixth in the NBA in regards to defense. Um, he did that well. The shot just wasn't falling. That's it. But he's still spaced the floor. Defenses still had to pay attention to him, and that's more so what I was looking for because the book on him right now is that he's a shooter. We just haven't seen him do it at the NBA level. Uh, Noah Heritage says down here, uh, Sam feels like he's still trying to find himself in this roster. I like the fact that he can shoot at least. And so here's what I can say about that, Noah. I think when you're a guy like Sam who's just kind of bounced around a lot, right, and you've barely been given opportunities consistently to show exactly what you can do – your first instinct is to do what you feel that you do best. And for Sam, that is shooting the basketball, right? So he's going to fall back on that. Um, They didn't fall tonight nearly as much as you would have wanted to, but some of the three threes that he did hit were timely. He did orchestrate the offense well, as Carter says down here, and he did give his all on the defensive end, right? And so for me, didn't love the minutes, didn't hate him either. I'm okay giving Sam opportunities every now and then uh, when we're in a position like this where we just, frankly, we need guys out there that can space the floor. We need shot creators. Uh, Pranav says down here, in my opinion, they're giving Merrill chances to prove himself. He's considerably older than Bates. Yes, I believe Sam Merrill's 27. 27. Uh, I could be wrong. 27, 28. He's definitely not a uh, – this isn't a first go-around, right? Uh, but he's definitely somebody out there who's not necessarily – too old he's still in basketball terms I believe he's entering his athletic prime (laughs) uh and he also says and not a lot to be a long-term project like Bates is yes so there's about there's almost a 10 year age gap which is crazy to think right Amani's 19 uh Sam's like 27 28 ish huge age gap there um But again, this is not his first go around. He knows what his job is. I'm just happy that he got an opportunity tonight. It's your boy down here says defense is starting to look good. Yes, it is. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Evan Mobley and Jared Allen you know they're on the same page, and now I think some of this has been matchup driven, heavily matchup defended, because the Caps have seen a lot of bigs out there that can space the floor, and the, I think from a perimeter defense standpoint, they've still been trying to figure out how to operate with that, especially when you don't have Isaac Okoro available. Um, I honestly, you know, we haven't even really talked about this too much tonight, but the job that Jared Allen did against Nikola Jokic, oh my gosh. This man might be, you know, outside of Craig Porter Jr. He might be the player of the game, simply off of the, you know, the ability to take Nikola Jokic out of his element. I don't think I've ever quite seen Jokic as frustrated, uh, you know, as I've seen him tonight. Uh, some of the fouls that were called on him, they are obviously, uh, they obviously bothered him, right? The flagrant that he drew, the, you know some of the hooks, right? Because we know, I, I'm surprised that a lot more bigs are not using that against him because Jokic does hook people a lot. <laughs> it just, I don't, he's get, he, he gets the call, uh, you know, not that often. But tonight, Jared Allen seemed to get under his skin um, to the point where, you know, he did get those five fouls and ended up basically being pulled uh, in the key moments of the game and then eventually sat down with I think like three or four minutes left to go. Right, Um, When the game was already out of reach Because I think Denver has a back-to-back I think they play tomorrow as well But um, Yeah, I was very, very impressed With the level of defense that Jared Allen And Evan Mobley were able to pull And play on One Nikola Jokic, throw Tristan Thompson In there too Um, you know, I was glad he got an opportunity tonight as well. He did play 11 minutes and, you know, did his job. As soon as he came into the game, what does he do? He gets an offensive rebound and gets put back. Right. Um, just a a great game all around. Um, Noah, thank you for letting me know. I wasn't sure who got it yet since I'm up here. Um, Allen got the chain. I would have thought Craig Porter Jr. or maybe a shared kind of deal, something along those lines, but I cannot argue against Allen getting that because if you can take an MVP caliber candidate uh, like Nikola Jokic out of his element, out of his game, and making his impact minimal, and I have to say that kind of – uh. <laughs> You know, with air quotes, because when you look at the stat line, the guy almost put up a damn triple-double on us. 18 points, 10 boards, 7 assists out there, 1 block, 1 steal, and still an efficient night for him um, in, in that regard, from a statistical standpoint. But just overall feel of the game, eye test, he was out of his element tonight, and Jared Allen was the biggest reason for that. Absolutely loved it, man. And we know, again, Denver was without Jamal Murray, which is a big loss to them, right? Because Jamal is, when healthy, uh, we've seen how much damage he can do. He is an all-star level talent himself. But I don't give them any fucking excuses. Why? Because we're missing so many core players ourselves. Donovan, Karis, Isaac, Ty Jerome. He's not necessarily necessarily a core piece, but he is a guy that could warrant rotation minutes, right? So no excuses, no excuses. Tonight, overall, just a good-ass win, a feel-good win, something that makes you feel like this team can legitimately compete with anybody out there when they're playing hard on both ends of the floor. I think this is a win that you do honestly have to commend J.B. Bickerstaff. So those of you guys out there who have been shit-talking them from the rooftops, do yourself a favor, give the guys some props for once, right? Call a spade a spade. A lot of people accuse me of being uh, too positive in regards to a lot of aspects of this team, JB included. But tonight is a night where you can clearly use this as a reason why, hey, if the Cavs play up to their potential, they can beat just about anybody. Um, looking forward, obviously, Cleveland has some tough tasks on their hand. They have a very, very important Tuesday battle with the likes of Julian Bede. Uh, You know in the Philadelphia 76ers and I believe a tournament contest right and Cavs absolutely have to win those moving forward if they want to have any semblance of a chance at uh, winning the in-season tournament right but with the injury report looking like it is right now and take bleacher report with gargantuan grain of salt because I'm sure that at least one of these guys is going to come back Uh, Karis LeVert Donovan Mitchell a coral still. I don't even count Rubio anymore and Ty Jerome. It's just an ugly list. <laughs> so I hope that changes. In uh, Philly, they're you know a- as of right now at least listed without Batum and Ubre. Um, tune in Sports asks down here. Random. Yes, this is a very random comment, but I love it. Anyone know if 2K updated CPJ and Amani to the rosters yet? Yes, they're on there. I play. i mean That was the one goddamn reason I was waiting to play 2K. All this time, they they updated it I think the last day before the season Started, if I'm not mistaken But they're there, um, not from a Rating standpoint, not anything at all to Write home about, so don't go in unless You're going to adjust their uh, Unless you're going to customize their stats uh, But they're Still in the game, which is a wonderful thing Because those were the two Guys that I was waiting for to hit The, uh, the rotation, or the roster rather Before I even attempted my Geo, but I'm glad they're there um <clears throat> overall again just a phenomenal game. Can't say enough good things about the likes of Craig Porter Jr, Jared Allen, uh, Evan Mobley, Darius Garland really just from top to bottom, right? Because we've seen so many different things. This this season has really just felt like it, it it's it's gone in multiple waves, right? Uh you're welcome man. Uh Tune in sports says thank you. I haven't been on in a minute. Yeah, um, you know, I try to, I try to play 2K as much as I can, but with kids, man, that's just, just a tall task these days. So I'm lagging a bit on the, uh, on the, on the schedule, at least on 2K that said um as i always tell you guys if you like to reach out to me you know how you can it's cavalier underscore pod on twitter tiktok instagram youtube and more if you want to be added to the it's cavalier discord chat you know what to due leave a rating leave a review send a screenshot of said review to it's cavalier 53 at gmail.com and i'll send you an invite thank you <laughs> yeah yeah uh a small army indeed carter yeah Uh, more kids on the way right i'm expecting i will be having another baby girl here in uh, the next couple of weeks so the pods probably won't be after every game but i'll try and get on here as much as i can especially for big time wins like tonight i appreciate you guys for sitting here uh, and listening to me ramble on and with that said go Cavs. have a good night